This is The Jerry Callahan Show. Well, it's been confirmed. We've been telling you for a while now that the uh, the Joe Biden, the president of the United States, has the media in his back pocket. Now we know that he literally has the media in his pocket a humiliating video from yesterday's appearance. I guess now we know also why he didn't announce his candidacy live, his candidacy for re-election, why that had to be some prepackaged video. One day, I believe, yeah, one day after it was released, we get to see the real Joe Biden in front of real people, and it was humiliating. We have a, a video from Tucker Carlson. He, he appears uh, on video, two minutes. It's now got like 45 million views on Twitter. It's pretty good. I was not as good as I was hoping. I was hoping for, uh, you know, some names. I was hoping he would name names and come out guns blazing. He didn't, but he did say, see you soon. So I think he will be reappearing, reemerging real soon, which will be interesting. We got Megan Kelly attacking Keith Oldman. That's always fun. That's a mismatch, by the way. She's good. She's good when she goes on the offensive and she swears and she attacks. Uh, Keith Oldman is uh, an easy target, but uh, it's always good to hear someone go after Keith. Um, RFK Jr. is surging in the polls. This is an amazing poll uh, on uh, who Democrats want as their nominee. Um, An ESPN reporter gets fired for calling another reporter a really nasty name. And a uh, another trans athlete uh, is in the news, a marathon runner uh, who uh, beat 14,000 women in the LA Mar- in the London Marathon a few months after he ran the New York Marathon as a guy. He changed a couple letters in his um, in his first name, put a, put a uh, sports bra on and, and ran the uh, London marathon. And it's just a joke. This whole thing is becoming a joke. Leah Thomas has something to say about feminists who don't support a man beating women, beating up women, humiliating women. Feminists, at least some of them aren't uh, big on this whole movement. And uh, Leah's not happy. We'll get to that. But uh, we got to start with the commander in chief because this was so revealing. Um, we know Joe Biden can't handle a press conference. He can't handle actual questions from actual reporters. That's too much to ask of the commander in chief of the leader of the free world, a guy who wants you to reelect him and allow him to serve until he's 86 years old. This might be the biggest lie you hear from the media and the you know the ruling class, the pundits, that this is an actual possibility that Joe Biden could actually get reelected in a year and a half and then serve until uh, 2028 when he will be 86. I think anyone who's being honest, I don't care how staunch a Democrat you might be, how much you hate Donald Trump. It doesn't matter. You can't honestly say that the man in the White House right now is fit to serve for six more years. That's just a lie. If you are insisting that Joe Biden is fit to serve 
for almost six more years. The guy we saw yesterday, the guy we see every day with the old man walk, the old man shuffle, the guy who can't uh, put together a coherent sentence, a coherent thought. The idea that that's the best choice for the Democrat Party, that that is the guy you want leading the country for six more years. You know, that's not true. You know, you're lying to yourself. You're lying to each other. He can't do it. You are nominating. You're going to nominate a guy who can't do it, who can't fulfill the office, uh, the duties of the office. It's not possible. The sooner you admit that to yourself, the better. Uh, maybe RFK Jr. is not the answer. Maybe someone else, maybe you're just waiting for Gavin Newsom to enter the race. And then you could say, oh, good. Finally, someone who is not in the throes of dementia until that day, we're all just going to play make pretend. We're all just going to go along with this farce that this guy who is probably not actually conducting the duties of the office already. He's just a figurehead. We all know why he was nominated in the first place because he could, uh, he, he could uh, uh, give the appearance that he's the moderate, that he's a known commodity, that he's good old Joe. I think we've learned in the last two years that that was all a front, that this isn't really a guy who can handle the duties. It's a really tough job. It's a exhausting job. It ages you. He can't afford <laughs> to be aged at this point. He's already, uh, uh, to quote Don Lemon, well past his prime. And the idea that you can look at this man and we will play it, we will get to it and say, sure, I'm in six more years. No, that can't happen. That, 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 that won't happen. I'm more convinced than ever that something, he's, he's obviously running for reelection. Obviously the media and all his supporters are going to pretend. But at some point, when they get an out, when they get an excuse, a way to um, escape this, this fantasy, this farce, they will. They'll take it because no one can look at this man and say he could do the job. Nobody can look at this man and say he's even fit to do the job now. Every day we play the, the clips, the cuts, the sound of this confused, lost old man. There was a report somebody had this week. I'm not sure who it was, you know, unnamed sources saying he gets very snippy. He's impatient. He gets angry behind the scenes. He gets angry with his staff, with the people, with his handlers, with the visiting angels. That's a symptom of dementia where you can't recall certain things. You don't have your memories gone. You don't remember names and you get, um, and you get pissed. You just frustrated. That's what happens when you're in the, the cognitive condition of our commander in chief, you get angry and you get more, you get each day as each day goes by, as your condition worsens, you get worse. I mean, it's just going to happen in a few years. It's going to be apparent to everybody. Uh, it's going to be impossible for even Jill Biden, the world's worst elder abuser to shove him out on stage, to lead him around by the arm and pretend he's all there. We know he's not. And eventually his supporters, his biggest fans, that would be the mainstream media. They're all going to come around. You watch once they get a chance to latch onto somebody else, one of their other heroes, whether it's Gavin Newsom or somebody else, 
they will quietly, reluctantly admit he just can't do the job. But this is what happened this week. On Tuesday, he announced his reelection in a slickly produced uh, video. Couldn't uh, sit down, couldn't do it at a rally the way Trump did. Couldn't do it in a one-on-one interview with one of his his fans, Chuck Todd or, or Jake Tapper or Gail King or anyone like that. Couldn't even risk that. It had to be pre-recorded. He had nothing to do with it, as we saw. This, there's really not even any, he doesn't even play a part, play a part in that video like, uh, uh, um, like ex uh, contemporaneously it's 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 all recorded stuff old stuff that he that he recorded a while ago they put out the video it's three minutes long you know the media dutifully uh shows it and pretends that there's some energy in the man that that he's actually uh he's actually competent and he's and he's and he's with it energetics uh, what i thought when he started the video by going freedom freedom a man Freedom, the man who shut down the country, the man who kicked people out of the military, the man who threatened the unvaccinated, said our patience is wearing thin. You must submit now. The man who's keeping Novak Djokovic out of the country still today. That man was 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 saying his campaign is all about freedom. God, it's just I mean, it's it's so arrogant. This is, a, this is a man who doesn't believe in freedom. But one day after that, he makes an appearance uh, at, at the White House outdoors, and he has to take questions. Um, obviously, he can't just throw, the, throw it out there and say, who's got a question, the way Donald Trump did, the way a man who is not afraid to stumble and bumble and lose his way would do. You'd say, anyone got a question, throw it at me. He can't do that. So, as usual, he says, I got a list. I got to go to my list and see who uh, I'm supposed to call on. As he likes to say, if he doesn't stick to the script, then he'll be in trouble. He'll, he'll get in trouble. Never actually says with whom he'll be in trouble. Who is, who's going to, uh, who's in charge? We never quite know. But, so we know, we've seen this before. He goes to the pre-planned list of People obviously they're they're not journalists; they're Democrat operatives with press passes, which is ninety percent of the uh, White House press corps. So he could he could just go to any of them, and they would be there for him. They would ask easy questions, softball questions. They would help him get through this difficult time. That's what they're there for. We've never had a better example than this. But so he he's, he can't even keep the note card out of. Uh, out of the view of the cameramen, the photographers. So he gets caught again asking a, a, pre, uh, a, a, a pre-selected um, stooge in the mainstream media. That's what this person is, a useful idiot. Her name is Courtney Subramanian, S-U-B-R-A-M-A-N-I-N-N-I-A-N. She's a reporter, (laughs) Uh, at least that's what she claims, for the L.A. Times. She submitted her question in advance. They pre-approved it, and he couldn't just say her name. Hell, he didn't say her last name, of course. Much too difficult. He has on his note card, if you're watching along with us, he has her name, he has her affiliation, 
He has her photograph. He can't even handle this without pictures. He needs pictures. And, of course, he has her question. This is an all-time low, a new low from the mainstream media. This, I mean, obviously, there's plenty of lows. They are just a pathetic, loathsome bunch of uh, uh, people who are there who are, aren't really doing the job. They're, they're not reporters. They're activists. They're Democrats. They're Biden supporters. They're not reporters. He knows it. We know it. That's how bad he is, that he can't even sit down. He can't even face these people who are some of his biggest fans. He can't even risk that. But I'm telling you, I've never seen this. Uh, I, I, I saw lots of people uh, analyzing, commenting on this. Nobody's ever seen something like this, where he not only gets the question, but he gets the reporter, gets her name, and the whole thing is choreographed. That This tells you just how, how unfit he is at this point. He can't handle a friendly Q&A from a friendly press corps. He needs everything to be planned, to be uh, choreographed for him or they risk disaster because he doesn't have the wherewithal to handle a simple Q and a, but let's get to it. We're looking at it right now. There is the name. The fa- I, I cannot believe they actually put a photograph of the reporter on the card. He needs to see the person so he doesn't call on the wrong person. And again, he can't, he can't do her last name. It's much too difficult. It's just Courtney from the LA times and Courtney, of course, um, I've been I've been track uh, following this to see if she's been fired yet. She should have been fired ten minutes after this. Uh, obviously, if the LA Times were a real media outlet, if they had real journalists there, she'd be gone. You can't have this. This is embarrassing at so many levels. But of course, she's probably not even concerned. Doesn't even matter that she's uh, an embarrassment to the profession. It's just the job for these people. The job when they wake up in the morning is how can I help Joe Biden today? Today, yesterday for, for Courtney, it was submit a softball question, get approved. And then the president says, Oh, I could do that one. He, he, they, they prep him. He practices his answer and then they go out and they perform like it's a friggin' school play. That's what this was. This wasn't a, a press conference. He doesn't do press conferences. He can't risk it. This is a, a school play and he's playing, he's pretending to be the president and she's pretending to be a reporter. Let's watch. First question from Courtney of the Los Angeles Times. Thank you, Mr. President. Your top economic priority has been to build up U.S. domestic manufacturing in competition with China. But your rules against expanding chip manufacturing in China is hurting South Korean companies that rely heavily on Beijing. Are you damaging a key ally in the competition with China to help your domestic politics ahead of the election? And one for President Yoon. There have been concerns since last year that North Korea will soon be conducting its seventh nuclear test amid growing domestic support in your you, you could see basically like reading along the question. <laughs> she, she has the same script as he does. She's got the same, she's reading the question and he has it written down in front of him. 
this is unbelievable. And I, I know that maybe, you know, some people on uh, Newsmax or maybe even Fox News will point out how ridiculous this is. But the rest of the means, mainstream media, they don't see a problem. They think this is how the job is done. This is what we're there for. <laughs> That's and, and she's it's her own question. I've done lots of uh, press conferences and lots of interviews and asked lots of people questions. Never have I even written it down. She's reading her own question because it has to match up with the one he has. This is so insane. We have lost our way completely. The Joe Biden presidency, the whole thing is just an act. The whole thing is just some performance there's nothing real, nothing genuine, nothing authentic about anything these people do. This is insane. We got a pretend journalist asking a pretend president a pretend question. And we're also, I don't even know, I, I should check and see what the LA Times wrote today. I assume they have the whole story with the quote and everything verbatim. Like, here's how it's going to go. I'm going to ask you about chip manufacturing. He doesn't know. He wouldn't know a semiconductor chip from a from a Ruffles. I mean, he doesn't know chips. He knows nothing. You could see the uh, the lady with the microphone was in on it too, because she was already going right to her before he even called on right. her. Right, and she doesn't let the reporter touch the mic. Just holds it there because they don't want any ad libbing. Once you start going off script, boom, they yank the mic away. Mm-hmm. But do we have his answer? Because it was. I mean, this is something. Keep this in mind. He practiced this. Or they, someone has sat down and prepped him and said, here's what they're going to ask. Here's what you say. And he's sitting there, you know, drooling, you know, whatever, a wheel of fortune on in the background, cup of soup, you know, getting ready. And they're saying, okay, Mr. President, here's what you say when the stooge from the LA Times ask a question. He, he, he also conveniently you, had the earpiece in to translate yeah, the other guy. So. Me, I, I, I don't know what to think about that. I, I'm honestly... I, I tweeted about this and lots of people are saying he's got an earpiece and they're telling him what to say in real time. I have my doubts about that. And I'll tell you why he, he's a confused old man to begin with. Are you telling me that he wouldn't go full Ron Burgundy? If, if you had an earpiece and you told him things he has that <laughs> you, can you imagine if someone said, okay, Mr. President, here's what you're going to say. He would just say, Okay, Mr. President, here's what you're going to say. <laughs> he, he would screw that up. I think they have to be careful. He, he's not capable of doing that on the fly, of getting messages in his ear. I don't think, maybe, I don't know why else he would have an earpiece. So maybe he is being told exactly what to say. But the whole country, uh, Democrat, everybody should be embarrassed by this. This is the leader of the free world, and he can't handle softball questions from friendly interviewers. Do we have his answer? My desire to increase U.S. manufacturing and jobs in America is not about China. I'm not concerned about China. Remember, America invented the semiconductor. We invented it. We used to have 40% of the market. And we decided that what we're going to do over the past, I don't know how many decades, we decided that it was going to be cheaper to export jobs and import product. And along came the pandemic. And the pandemic taught us that we used to have, as I had 40% of the market just some years ago. Now it's down to 10%. Yeah, it's the, it's the, it's the pandemic's fault. 
Right. Everything's a pain. It's either a pandemic or Trump's fault. Nothing's ever his fault. But that's uh, an answer which I guess is fairly lucid for him. And there's a reason for that. He was prepped. He was, it was planned. He can't, he couldn't handle a question about semiconductor chips if it wasn't all planned. Um, But that's the way it goes. When he dares to step out of the bubble and take a question, it must be controlled. It must be planned. No questions for Peter Ducey, I don't think, yesterday. (laughs) No, no. Uh, I mean, think of that. A guy like Peter Ducey or James Rosen from Newsmax, they would never go along with that. That's how embarrassing it is for the reporter. You know they would, wouldn't would pick you if you wouldn't be willing to go along with it. I mean, it's not just unprofessional, it's unethical. This is unethical for a reporter to say, okay, I'll play my role in this school play uh, what question would you like me to ask? Well, how about you ask about trade with with uh, with China or Japan or semiconductors? Okay, here it is. Here's my question. You know, tell me when you want me to ask it. If she doesn't get suspended, at least if the L.A. Times doesn't issue a, an apology, that's I mean, that's all you need to know that they are willing partners in this charade. That they are not journalists, as I've been telling you for. Years. These aren't journalists. These are clowns. These are stooges. These are lickspittles. These are fluffers there to help the cognitively impaired president make it through the day. But uh, interesting poll yesterday before we move on. Um, Didn't get a lot of coverage, obviously, for good reason. Um, Joe Biden is kicking ass in these uh, early, uh, whatever the. uh, Early polls, you know, obviously his side, they're thrilled. Then you look at it, look at it again. Joe Biden is getting 62% in uh, Democrats asking who they support in this uh, uh, Democrat primary. And you go, wow, 62% is pretty good. And then you go, wait, there's nobody else really running. It's not like Trump going against DeSantis. This is just Biden. And then you go, wait, who the hell else is running? And you go, oh, wait, uh, RFK Jr., right? Joe Biden is getting 62%. John, uh, RF Kennedy Jr. is up to 19%. Um, Marianne Williamson, that moon bat, is getting 9%. 38% of Democrats today do not support the president in his bid for re-election and there's not really another viable candidate in the field. If somebody gets in, some other crazy left winger like Gavin Newsom, I mean, it could be anybody. I mean, hell, if Michelle Obama get in, it's over for Joe Biden. But when you're only getting 62%, when almost 40%, almost four in 10 Democrats do not support you, that's ominous, man. That is a bad sign for a guy who likes to go out there, send his his liar, paid liars like Corinne Jean-Pierre or John Kirby out there every day to lie and tell you how great things are and how wonderful the economy is and how there's, you know, Southern border secure and, you know, we're back manufacturing, we're back and just lie. Um, when they do that and you're, and, and four in 10 Democrats do not support you, that is, that is a really bad sign and 
if someone did step in, some viable candidate, he's done. He's doomed. If today Gavin Newsom said, I'm running, Joe Biden is done. It's over. And I, I, I don't know what he would do. I guess he would have to debate him. Right now, you know, this guy who's big into freedom and democracy, you know, this guy who's there to fight the semi-fascist MAGAs, he's refusing to debate at all. He's going to run for re-election without debating a Democrat opponent at all because he can't do it. That's how, that's how bad it is. There will be no debates. Why? Because he can't do it. He can't do it. He knows he can't do it. Uh, RFK Jr. doesn't even have a voice, and he would absolutely destroy Biden in the debate. That's how bad it is. But I just thought that poll was amazing. I mean, the media already dismisses RFK Jr. the first time they've ever just dismissed or ignored a a, a Kennedy because, you know, he's an anti-vaxxer, anti-vax extremist. But he's a hardcore Democrat, hardcore liberal. He's a big climate change fanatic. And they ignore him because they have to. Because if they take him seriously, this 62% Joe Biden's getting will drop to 50, to 40, to 30. And he'll be dead on arrival before he even meets up with Donald Trump or, uh, or Ron DeSantis. But all right, we got to move. Let's get to, we got to get to the latest on Tucker, Megan Kelly going after Keith Oldman. You got to love that. And an ESPN reporter fired for uh, using a really nasty word to describe another reporter. I was shocked at this. I didn't know this was a fireable offense. Uh, I thought uh, I thought there was only one word you could never ever use at ESPN. But we found out another one, and she's out on the street. We will. I'll have Ironhead tell you what the word was. We'll get to that and lots more. But first. A recession-proof investment without compromise, European American Armory Corp, or EAA Corp, has specialized in providing high-quality, innovative, and reasonably priced firearms to the U.S. market since 1990. Choose from a wide selection of unique and traditional pistols, whether you're looking for a concealed carry, revolver, shotgun, or competition pistol, EAA Corp has it. EAA's 1911 series comes in compact carry or full size in three popular calibers. First time gun owner, no problem. EAA Corp all-in-one 9mm MC9 striker fire pistols come fully equipped in a sleek, light, ergonomic package ideal for everyday carry. In addition, their lineup includes MC312 series of 12-gauge shotguns for hunting, sporting, tactical, or personal defense that will exceed your expectations. There's a limited lifetime warranty on every series available today from EAA Corp. EAA Corp says get the quality firearm you've always wanted and save yourself a lot of your hard-earned money. Visit eaacorp.com to learn more and order online or through your local dealer. I had dropped at 8 o'clock last night, of course. Good timing by Tucker. He put out a two-minute video in uh, from his studio in Florida, which is where he is usually in the wintertime. He has a studio down in uh, Boca Grande, Florida, uh, in the, in the winter. And he's up in Maine, in the woods in Maine, in the summer. Uh, he had to do that because the Antifa scum attacked him at his home and he got lots of threats and he had to go somewhere safe. So anyway, he put out this two minute video. I'm looking at it right now on Twitter. 
and put it out right at eight o'clock. It now has, we are looking at uh, 12, 14 hours later, it has 49 million views on Twitter. Now, I don't know if that applies, means actual views, but Twitter views, 49 million, 155,000 retweets, <laughs> 685,000 likes. Uh, we can play a little of it, but can I just, I'll be honest, I was a little disappointed. I was hoping to hear him name names, maybe come out guns a blazing. I understand he probably can't do that right now. He probably has, is in uh, negotiations to get out of his deal without signing an NDA, without giving up all his right to speak. So he does kind of keep this uh, somewhat uh, benign talking about truth telling and whatever and all the support he's getting, I guess it was well done. And I, I was happy to see the way it ended. It ended with him saying, see you soon. He'll be back soon. I'm not sure where, not sure for whom, with whom. I'm hoping it's Newsmax. That would be great. Um, it, it might be, I don't know, the Daily Wire. It might be his own thing, you know, the Tucker Carlson Network. Uh, but he will be back soon, and it will be just, it will be epic. The day he can tell the, the whole truth, let's be honest, he's, he's a truth teller. He's, as we pointed out, uh, he's the only guy who's, who, who's, who regularly said the U.S. blew up the Nord Stream pipeline, which we know is true. He's the only guy who, who regularly said Joe Biden showered with his daughter or the CIA killed um, JFK or or the you know the January sixth thing was a was largely a setup. I mean, he showed you the J, the uh, January sixth videos. I mean, he goes places no other host goes. Not not even. I mean, he is a dangerous man. Thus, the Pentagon was celebrating when he was fired. All the swamp creatures, you know, were, were thrilled. Chuck Schumer, Mitt Romney. Uh, Mitch McConnell, AOC, they were all thrilled because Tucker regularly comes after them, makes them uncomfortable. He's the one guy who always does the job he was hired to do, which is make uh, uh, the the comfortable, uncomfortable, afflict the, uh, you know, comfort the uh, afflicted and afflict the comfortable. That's what journalists used to do. Now they read pre-scripted questions of their favorite pres- for their favorite president. They hated him because he was so good at the job, and they still hate him. Unfortunately for them, for Mitch McConnell, for the Pentagon, for Millie and Austin, he's not going away. He will see us soon, and it will be epic. But uh, until then, he sat down and gave us a little tease and just... Um, I hate to say it, but AOC was right. This is that hand at the end of the Marvel movie. She, she, that was a pretty good analogy from a dummy. Uh, this was that hand. It's he's coming back. They couldn't kill him. They won't kill him. That's a wonderful thing. They might've killed Fox news. I don't know if you've seen the latest ratings, but Newsmax is just soaring the day after the firing Tuesday. Um, Eric Bowling at eight o'clock on Newsmax had 560,000 viewers. 
Normally, I think it's like, I don't know what it is, 50 or 70,000. Newsmax is up like 200% this week from previous week. Um, people are bailing on Fox News for good reason. They're going to Newsmax. They're going elsewhere. They're, they're canceling their Fox Nation subscriptions. This is the price that Fox News knew it would pay. They knew it. Rupert Murdoch, his sons, they knew that would be a huge price to pay, and they did it anyway. That's how powerful the uh, establishment is. The, the establishment politicians, uh, the Pentagon, uh, advertising, corporate America, they said you're going to take a huge hit, something you may never recover from, and it's still worth it. They may be thinking they will make up for the loss in ratings with the return or the or the, the, the uh, advertisers who were scared off from advertising with Tucker. So the replacement for Tucker may end up getting, you know, all these corporate ads from JP Morgan and, uh, and Bank of America and GM that wouldn't touch Tucker because if they did, all the, uh, the crazed left-wing uh, activists came after them. You know, the, the, all the um, uh, media matters, people, they, they made it their life's work to destroy Tucker. They failed. They're thrilled. He's gone. And they may just allow Fox News to go back to, you know, uh, doing kind of mainstream cable news with um, mainstream advertisers. And it won't just be, you know whatever, uh, things that clear your ease or walk-in tubs or my pillow. They may, um, they may lose lots of viewers and lots of ratings, but they may not take the hit in there. I mean, I assume that's the way they look at it, but wherever he goes, it will change the game. If it's a, if it's a daily wire or a blaze, they just go to whole new levels. If it's Newsmax, <laughs> the numbers just flip. Everybody goes to see him at Newsmax. If it's his own thing, it will be it will be just massive. But let's listen to a little bit of Tucker last night. Two minute video at eight o'clock, his normal time slot, and it's up to uh, I got it at forty nine million views. Right, forty nine million. That's almost AFC NFC title numbers. That's how. <laughs> The, the uh, big the numbers are on this, but let's play a little bit of it. Go ahead. Good evening, it's Tucker Carlson. One of the first things you realize when you step outside the noise for a few days is how many genuinely nice people there are in this country, kind and decent people, people who really care about what's true, and a bunch of hilarious people also, a lot of those. It's gotta be the majority of the population, even now. So that's heartening. The other thing you notice when you take a little time off is how unbelievably stupid most of the debates you see on television are. They're completely irrelevant. They mean nothing. In five years, we won't even remember that we had them. Trust me, as someone who's participated. And yet at the same time, and this is the amazing thing, Still the undeniably big topics, the ones that will define our future, get virtually no discussion at all, war civil liberties, emerging science, demographic change, corporate power, natural resources. When was the last time you heard a legitimate debate about any of those issues? It's been a long time. Debates like that are not permitted in American media. Both political parties and their donors 
have reached consensus on what benefits them, and they actively collude to shut down any conversation about it. Suddenly, the United States looks very much like a one-party state. That's a depressing realization, but it's not permanent. Our current orthodoxies won't last. They're brain dead. Nobody actually believes them. Hardly anyone's life is improved by them. This moment is too inherently ridiculous to continue, and so it won't. The people in charge know this. That's why they're hysterical and aggressive. They're afraid. They've given up persuasion. They're resorting to force. But it won't work. When honest people say what's true, calmly and without embarrassment, they become powerful. At the same time, the liars who've been trying to silence them shrink and they become weaker. That's the iron law of the universe. True things prevail. Where can you still find Americans saying true things? There aren't many places left, but there are some, and that's enough. As long as you can hear the words, there is hope. See you soon. See you soon. Um, he makes some some really important points there, and it makes you wonder, like, what will change? Here, here's my point. Um, they got rid of Tucker. They got rid of the most powerful, the most popular host on cable news, and the most, the loudest voice against the war in Ukraine. What chance does the next guy have, or even the people there now, like if whoever takes over his slot, I think it's going to be Jesse Waters. I think they're going to move Jesse Waters from seven to eight, and then they're going to put Will Kane or somebody else at seven. So what if Jesse Waters wants to come out strongly against the war? I'll tell you what, he's going to think twice. He's only human. He's probably making, I don't know, six, seven, eight million bucks a year. Um, He's a young guy, just had another, just had his fourth kid. Are you telling me this will, is not a message to everybody else that we got rid of that guy, Tucker Carlson, the biggest, biggest Bigfoot in the business. You think we can't get to you? Uh, (laughs) Think again. It is a, I mean, it's an exciting time, no question, but it's a scary time as well. I wonder how many people are going to think twice before saying we blew up the Nord Stream pipeline or we're, uh, you, know, uh, uh, you know, Joe Biden is laundering money in Ukraine or Joe Biden's family is getting rich from this. Or, you know, the whole thing is, is all about money and power, not about protecting democracy the way Tucker did for the last year. They got to him. I mean, the, every powerful entity in the country whether it's the, the mainstream media or uh, the political class, the Uniparty in D.C., the Pentagon, they wanted him out. It seemed impossible because he was such a success, but they got him out. What's going to stop him from trying to get the next person who steps out of line and says, we shouldn't be in Ukraine. We shouldn't be sending $113 billion to a corrupt dictator in Ukraine. Uh, obviously they'll call him a Putin puppet and say he's taking, you know, Russian talking points. That's how it begins. But if they say we can't have that, we can't have someone vocally questioning our goals, our intent in Ukraine, they can't get rid of you. If it's, I don't know, whoever, if it's, if it's Rob Schmidt on Newsmax, 
You don't think they could say where we want him out and, and work behind the scenes. I mean, it's scary what happened here. Uh, again, it's exciting because he's not going away. They didn't kill him off. It wasn't some kind of, you know, sex scandal where he's tainted just the opposite. I mean, he's going to have a bigger voice somewhere, somehow. And I'm, I'm guessing it will be more uh, unfiltered than ever, which is exciting. But I wonder if it, it, it wasn't a message to everybody else in the opinion business that you, that there's some places you just can't go or all the powers that be the whole friggin' establishment will come after you and they won't just cancel your advertisers. They will cancel you. Uh, they can, if they can get to him, they can get to anybody, but, uh, it's been interesting. Most people, decent people, uh, were, are defending Tucker, even if they disagree with him, because this is just wrong that you take a guy who was doing his job, who was doing journalism and say, we don't like what you have to say. You're gone. Even though you were putting up, you know, producing, you had the, you had the numbers, the ratings, the revenue, you're gone. Um, the usual suspects were celebrating, obviously, on the left, the uh, Keith Oldman's of the world. By the way, Keith Oldman uh, mentioned, I don't know, something about how Megyn Kelly failed. <laughs> I think, you know, she was on Fox. She went to uh, NBC. Was it NBC or ABC? NBC. I think it's ABC. NBC? I believe so. Uh, they're all the same. And that didn't work out. And now she's doing a podcast and it is hugely successful. Megan Kelly is absolutely killing it. And she gets a little annoyed when people say that she, uh, you know, failed or whatever, was fired. Um, and she uh, has been defending Tucker, obviously, because she went through this. Maybe not to the extent she, she made a ton of money before leaving or was when she was forced out of NBC. Um, but um, she's, she's good, man. When she gets pissed, Here's what, I, here's what I think of Megan Kelly's podcast. I like when she goes on rants, good angry rants, and she swears. I, I'm not a big fan on the one interview. She does interview after interview. I don't need to hear from all her guests. I like to hear from her. I think she's good, and especially when she uh, uh, you know, really goes after somebody like she did with Keith Oldman. Um, She's here. She is uh, tweeting about the uh, the girls at the View, the cackling hens at the View, who did the wave and celebrated when Tucker was fired. She says not one of these women could solo host a show and get ratings. Not one. They are and will always be ensemble players. Their jealousy is on full display, and their ideolog ideological hatred too. She says, which is obviously true. These, the, I mean. They couldn't, they could barely do an ensemble cast. They're just dummies and, and they don't, they're not, they're not prepared. They're, they're just clowns. Keith Oldman writes at this Megan is Kelly. Yeah, there's a response what to would that. You know? Yeah, okay, responding. She says, what would you know about successfully hosting a show? Fired by Fox, fired by NBC, you're 0 for 2, and you couldn't get a job cleaning the studio at The View. I mean, obviously that's insane. And, and Keith Oldman's insane. She, uh, <laughs> she was great when she was a solo host at Fox. Probably shouldn't have gone to NBC, but uh, it wasn't a good fit. But she walked away with like $100 million. And she's obviously smarter than any of the women on The View. But uh, 
Here's what I like about Megan Kelly. She doesn't take that kind of crap from someone like Keith Olbermann. She comes firing back and it's good. Let's listen. Even uh, Keith Olbermann was saying similar things, uh, comparing Tucker to a Nazi. He also, for good measure, decided to tweet about me because I said Tucker is going to be better off without Fox and said something to the effect of, you got fired from Fox and NBC. What would you know about it? So first of all, you misstate the circumstances of my departure from NBC, sir. That's all I'm allowed to say about it. Uh, And as for Fox, there were widely reported facts that I was offered $100 million to stay there. uh, But the record's very clear that I left voluntarily because I wanted to raise my family, something you don't know anything about because no one would marry you and you have no children. You have a cold, lonely life in which you become a bitter, bitter man, something I wouldn't know anything about because my life is joyful and I've managed to raise my own children. And someday I hope you have that pleasure, but I don't have high hopes it's going to (laughs) happen. That's good. She's good. And uh, she should do more of that. I like to see just, I like angry Megan, which she tax. And by the way, she's a big uh, voice for sanity in the trans debate the uh, amid the trans insanity which we'll get to i want to get to this uh london marathoner but a couple more things uh before we get to that i want to do uh this espn reporter which is hilarious i always wonder you know what's it take to get fired from espn usually like i've said many i mean if you take <laughs> colin kaepernick's name in vain you could get in trouble because he's obviously the, the, the i mean Two requirements to work at ESPN. You must hate Trump. You must love Colin Kaepernick. You got to kind of be a big fan of Leah Thomas, too, if you want to be, you know, uh, have any job security at ESPN. Super woke company. Well, they fired a national baseball reporter named Marley Rivera, who I'd never even heard of. I don't know. She does. uh, She was the dugout reporter for the Home Run Derby. She does Sunday Night Baseball telecast and is an ESPN radio MLB playoff game analyst. She's bilingual and she has a good relationship with a number of uh, Latino players. It says here, Um, well, she was waiting to interview Aaron judge when another reporter uh, somehow got in her way. Um, I I don't know. The the other reporter's name is Yvonne, Yvonne Gatti uh, before the Yankees angels game. They had a little dust up. And Marley Rivera called the other reporter a effing C-word. Um, that sounds bad. I first saw that. I said, man, that's bad. She'll have to apologize and just say she lost her temper. She was fired that's for that. Insane. That's insane. Fired for using that word, which I, you know what? I understand. To me, in my world, that's as bad as in my, my you know, I can't say that in my home. I can't say that. My wife will smack me if I use that word. It's as bad as the N-word in many circles. So she gets fired immediately for calling it. She apologized, too. She apologized to the other person and still got whacked. I'm going to guess something else going on there. Marley Rivera, she might have, I don't know, she might have been against, uh, you know, she might have taken Dylan Mulvaney's name in vain, too, because you don't just get fired for one quick outburst, do you? It doesn't seem like the ESPN way, a bilingual female reporter fired for using a, uh, a bad word. It sounds like, it sounds like she stepped in front of her. So obviously she deserved it. 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> maybe she is. What she, maybe maybe that was accurate. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'll be curious to see where Marley Rivera ends up next. She'll probably, you know, sign an NDA and not be able to talk about it, but hopefully uh, she can because, uh, I, you know what, ESPN's also laying off lots of people. They so sure maybe, are. Uh, yeah. maybe it was just an excuse to get rid of her. But all right, let's do Shay, and then we're going to get to uh, – the uh, latest trans uh, athlete stealing the thunder from the girls. But first, as you know, Shea Concrete has a huge selection of precast concrete steps ready to be installed at your home. This is your spring project, people. If you're building a new home or remodeling or replacing an old staircase, Shea has great uh, values on designs that will fit your home. A new staircase can dramatically upgrade the front entrance of your home, giving you much better curb appeal. Make your front steps the talk of the town and do it now. Do it this spring. No reason not to. You know that removing the stairs is a pain. They're heavy. They're awkward. And where do you take them when you get rid of them? Shay will take care of all that for you. They Leave it to them. When they're done, you'll have a great-looking new entrance that will add value to your home. It's more than an upgrade. It's an investment. With one phone call, Shea will deliver a turnkey installation experience. In a few hours, you'll get a brand new front entrance. Learn more at SheaConcrete.com. And while you're there, you can look for a job. Shea Concrete is hiring. Right now, they have between 15 and 20 open positions. These are career opportunities for all different types of people and skill sets. All you got to do is pass a drug test. That's it. Go to SheaConcrete.com. If I got a minute here, I'm going to do this. I have... uh, we're going to get to, uh, what's her name? Glenique Frank, the marathoner. was kicking ass. But I want to do this quickly because we talk about this a lot. We, well, we talk about mass shootings. We talk about the reaction and how the Democrats always blame the gun. And the Democrats only care. Liberals only care. The media only cares. If it's a white shooter, black victims, you know, if it's trans shooter, then they... FBI steps in and buries the manifesto because they don't want you to know about motive. Um, There was a mass shooting uh, a week ago um, in Alabama. My question to everybody listening here, did you know about this? I mean, I'd heard about it, but I knew no details. Normally when there's a mass shooting, we know everything. We know the victims, we know the location, we know the gun, we know the shooter, we see the face of the shooter. If again, if it's a if it's a a black shooter or a female or Hispanic or whatever, it's a or if it's a non-binary or trans shooter, then we talk about the gun. Uh, if it's a white shooter, we talk about white supremacy. We blame Trump. We blame Tucker. We kind of go through the motions every time, but it's usually a pretty big deal. This was. And Alabama, uh, a little over a week ago, a Sweet 16 party, shooters roll up and unload. I mean, just fire away. 89 rounds were fired from seven different guns, leaving four dead and 32 injured. The worst mass shooting in Alabama history. Uh, I mean, 32 injured. Um, This is a... uh, tweet thread from a guy named Amari King. He writes, it's one of the largest mass shootings in Alabama history and no one seems to give a damn. 
these anti-gun clowns don't give a bleep about black people. They care about likes and views when they can sensationalize a rare white-on-black shooting. Not a word from David Hogg, not a word from AOC, BLM, I'll add, you know, Ayanna Presley, not a word from, from Liz Warren, not a word from any of the usual suspects. They're, they're, it's not the lead on any news programs. It's not the front page of any websites. It's just like someone robbed the gas station. It was a mass shooting at a Sweet 16 party, killing four, injuring 32. They arrested the suspects. We just saw them on the screen. They're under arrest. They're going to get tried, convicted. They're going away forever. But there's no talk about about guns. There's no talk about mental health. No talk about anything. They, I mean, these are people, you know, AOC, David Hogg, uh, BLM, uh, Liz Watt. These are people who would tweet, talk nonstop if this person we're looking at were white. If these guys here, these shooters were white, and it was a sweet 16 party, the victims are black. It would be the biggest story in the country for weeks and weeks and weeks, but they have a different skin color. So nobody cares. It's amazing. And this guy writes, uh, he's got their names. This is the first time I'm even seeing the names. Sean Kivia Smith, 17, Marcia Collins, 19, Corbin Holston, 23, Phil Stavius Dowdell, 18. Those are the victims. They are completely forgotten. No mention of them, no names, no, no stories, no family members on the nightly news because they were shot by black guys. Uh, it says, as this guy writes, nobody gives a damn about black life unless it's ended by white life. Concern for black lives is only prominent when there's an opportunity to express disdain for white. This is a black guy tweeting this. And it's so true. This story, and I again, I'm guilty. I didn't read all the details when it first happened. It was just, you know, some shooting in Alabama. It was a mass shooting that killed, let's see, three teenagers and an adult and another person and wounded 32. 89 rounds from seven guns. And we don't even talk about the guns. Nobody cares. It's amazing. This is how the media... This is how politicians handle mass shootings. They wait a minute, say, what color is the shooter? What color are the victims? What kind of gun was used? Mm. And if, if it doesn't you know, qualify, there's no outrage. If the they parlay doesn't on. hit, yeah. <laughs> they just move on, say, okay, we're good. I do like uh, Alabama for the fact that they still use the 1920s uh, jail suits. I like those. <laughs> yeah, they get the stripes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, these guys are going to go away for life. It's, I mean, there's a million witnesses. They got them. They're guilty. And you ask, you know, why would they do it? I mean, they, why? Is there a manifesto? Is there a statement from them? Is there a motive? No, it's just, you know, black people killing black people. Black Lives Matter does not care if it's black people killing black people, whether it's in Chicago or Alabama. They don't care. It's like, who cares? We move on. What's next? Uh, oh, uh, let's see. Some, uh, some, uh, you know, white person shot a black person. Oh, 24 seven. We're all in. It's insane. It's the, the crime, the motive that should all matter, but it doesn't because they're, 
doesn't fit the narrative. All right. We got to go, but for but as we do, let's say congratulations, Ironhead. Let's throw him up there. Glenique Frank, 54 years old. He was, uh, he's a marathon runner, big runner. He ran in the New York Marathon in November. His name was Glenn Frank. He changed it. He added four letters, became Glenique, uh, put on his rainbow halter top or sports bra, said his Glenique, said he's a woman ran in the London Marathon and finished ahead of 14,000 women. And at the end, look at those biceps. <laughs> I'm telling you, this we, we need to see more of people like Glenn Eek because they, they just make the whole concept of transgender athletes competing against women. It doesn't matter. The men, there's no such thing as a trans man competing against men. That doesn't matter. But this guy who's jacked for a runner. He's pretty muscular decides one day just to change his name, become a woman woman. And he gets to run as a woman. He gets to beat 14,000 women. He gets interviewed at the finish line and celebrated. And even admits afterwards, he, he apologizes and said, sorry, I haven't had any surgery. I'm, I'm just calling myself a girl. I win. I win. <laughs> It's just so silly. So yeah. anyone against it just has loser mentality. Yeah. You know, for, <laughs> for women's rights, yeah. Glenn Eek, who by the way is a bald man, not just a man, a bald man <laughs> put on a wig and a rainbow top <laughs> <laughs> and called himself a girl and kicked ass in the LA, in the London marathon. Congratulations to Glenn Eek. But uh, all right, we got to leave it there. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thank you, Ironhead. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is The Callahan Show, and we will do it again tomorrow. Here tonight, shaking my head and thinking something ain't right. Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Am I standing on the edge of the end of time? Am I the only one? Tell me. Like the show? Leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. Hi, it's Tony Marino, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast, your daily news bulletin of Newsmax's top headlines, along with commentary from our hosts and experts. You can learn more about all of the free podcasts, including Newsmax Daily, Rob Carson, and Jerry Callahan at Newsmax.com listen.